0: people
1: party people ghostly people it's officially fall it's fall, and i couldn't be more enthused it is my favorite time of year i just feel happier i don't know i feel like it gets too hot here and then i just like want to stay inside in the ac and then it starts to cool down and i i feel like in touch with my spooky self
0: Yes. No, I am in such agreement with you. And I was thinking about it because I've now ordered like four pumpkin spice lattes. (laughs) And again, someone joked that I was basic and I was getting really upset with it. And I was like, why am I getting so upset? And I think here's the reason is I'm not self-conscious about drinking them, but what I'm upset with is that we have moved into a space where Eating and drinking seasonal spices and flavors and introducing it into our palate seasonally has become basic. And I don't like that. But it's not. It's not. Just because the majority of people enjoy pumpkin flavors in the fall doesn't mean it's basic. It's like if you had allspice or cardamom or, I don't know, star anise or something in the winter, you're not basic. I just described mold wine. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, ooh, now I'm craving mold wine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? But fall is the best. Call me what you want. It doesn't matter. Don't put me in a box. I like pumpkin spice lattes. I
0: also like apple crisp pie. And that's just who I am. And that's my fall self. So good. I am I know that this isn't really a fall thing, but I associate it with fall fudge. Frickin' love fudge. (sighs) I associate that with the summer
1: because I would always go, my family would go to the beach every summer and we'd buy fudge
0: from the beach. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely doesn't belong to one season. It's a year round (laughs) suite. (laughs) I think because I just frequent little country stores more in the fall that I think, oh, it's fudge season.
1: Oh, you know what breaks my heart is that every year in the fall, usually Halloween, we plan a trip to Boston
0: I know. And we
1: explore the area and we I become know. our spooky selves. <laughs> and not only is that not happening this year, neither is my wedding. And it's just, I'm going to miss that so much. Should we still
0: dress up and FaceTime each other?
1: Yes. Nick and I are thinking about becoming, dressing up, becoming, maybe we'll become, who knows? 2020, anything can happen. Uh, a Zombie bride and groom.
0: <gasps> Sabrina, you have to. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> There's no better occasion because you were supposed to get married on Halloween. Yeah. You will be married then legally. And then also it's just, I feel like it's a good nod to the wedding that didn't. That didn't happen. (laughs) Maybe in another timeline it's happening. The 2020 wedding that died that will happen in the future.
1: It's funny because I'm getting married three times in this current timeline. Mm -hmm. I wonder if. In another timeline, I'm getting married, and in another timeline, I'm getting married, and I'm actually getting married, like, a thousand billion times. You might
0: be. And I'm like, that's a lot of beautiful rings. Okay, wait. Think about it like this. You were supposed to get married on Halloween, but Uh the wedding isn't happening. The wedding died. But then 2021, your wedding is resurrected (gasps) back from the dead. Are you calling me Jesus? (laughs) And that, my friends, is the very first lesson that you'll learn in CCD. Sign up your five-year-olds here.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be so dangerous if we taught
0: anything. Oh, if we taught... Just anything. Period. Literally anything. This is not an educational podcast. Actually, the other day, I got a notification that our Facebook. It was like, something, something has been flagged as false news like on Facebook. And I was like, what? And it was, it was just a video that someone had posted about like the UFOs that everyone's been seeing that I talked about last, <laughs> last episode, but all of the UFOs. And I was like, okay, wait, they weren't flagging our Facebook. They were flagging just the general post that someone reposted yeah. onto our page. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, well, really nothing we talk about can be like proven. Like if it was put against Facebook's fact checker, we'd probably not pass anything. That's
1: very interesting. Yeah, but then I beg whoever's fact-checking us in that hypothetical scenario. How do you know? How do you know ghosts don't
0: exist? I think they do. Why are you silencing the aliens? Yeah. Here goes another conspiracy. Why (laughs) is Facebook suddenly so interested in UFO photos? (laughs) Hmm? Come on, Mark. We're talking to you, buddy. What are you hiding? Tweeting at Mark Zuckerberg right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some think that he himself could be an alien. So that's another conspiracy in and of itself. And now I'm starting rumors. Um, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne, our basic hey. pumpkin spice latte gal. Conspiracy theorist. And that's Sabrina, the one who begs to be abducted by aliens <laughs> every single week the fact that that is now my label is concerning
1: so it's your brand it's <laughs> that's my brand the crazy cat lady who Beam me up wants to be beamed up you know i love it who doesn't want to be beamed out of
0: the current situation we're in right now i know take me away <sighs> but at least we have the opportunity to start shopping for new halloween decor <gasps> fall decor. If you're like me, your Halloween yes. decor went up September first, and I've been since shopping. And actually, let me give a little shout out to—I didn't realize that she was a listener of our podcast. I just ordered something from her Etsy page because someone. Wait, tell me. Her Etsy page is Stoltz Craft. It's S-T-O-L-T-Z K-R-A-F-T. I should probably just put that in the show notes or something because that's. Hard to remember. Someone had posted it in our Facebook group months ago because they had purchased something from her. And I remembered it and I was like, I need to get that in the fall. So I got this miniature. It's called the Miniature World Little Ghost. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. Let me grab it. It's the freaking cutest thing I've ever seen. Wait, yeah. I want to see it. I'm so excited. (laughs) It literally couldn't be more perfect. It is this (gasps) tiny little glass jar. And inside of it is this floating ghost. Ghost? Look at how petite it is oh my gosh i love that it's like everything i love i really do have this weird love of miniatures and then obviously ghosts and it just hangs here and i was like oh this is going to be up for halloween and then i've decided that it's subtle enough that i'm going to keep it year round that's a (laughs) year-round decor
1: are you kidding i love it
0: it's one of those things where it's like it's a conversation piece you know someone comes over they don't really notice it because you can't really tell from far away what it is and Mm -hmm. then when you walk up you're like why why and then I get to tell them about our podcast. So there's that.
1: I am questioning why someone's coming to your place if they don't know who you are and they don't know the fact that we do a podcast. But True. I don't actually invite
0: over strangers. <laughs> I think there's been a total of three people in my apartment. Two of those people were my parents and the other person was my grandma. So <laughs> all of whom know about the
1: podcast, but still I mean, people in
0: public. I don't bring people. Oh, you, could, you can make it into a necklace and then wear it around. Oh, I could. (laughs) I'll have my Bigfoot painting in one hand and then this little miniature thing in the other. Oh, gosh. Everyone's going to come up to you and talk to you start conversations with Miss Corinne. I'm going to be the crazy lady that screams about ghosts in Boston Common. So that's your brand now. Meet me there every day at 4 (laughs) (laughs) p.m. It's like performance. Yeah, I just started decorating
1: for Halloween. And because of quarantine and being in my same space, consistently and constantly and forever and feels like i'm drowning in my house it is amazing to have halloween decorations up it feels like i'm in a whole new
0: place it just gets me going it's so great i have i have a request and i know that some people have been already doing this which i super appreciate and obviously i found this my favorite little ghost glass jar from this Mm -hmm. but if you're in our facebook page or if you use instagram you should post all of your decor ah. and just, like, say where you got things. Yeah. So that we can all share together. Yes. Our amazing decorations. Where do you store your decorations? Well, since I live in Boston and the apartments are about 200 square feet. That's why I was asking. I have this very special bed frame that is super high. It's basically, like, <laughs> risen so that it fits tubs underneath it. So I have an entire plastic tub Ugh. under my bed of decor. it. Yeah. That's where the skulls live. Where you bury the bodies. Yes. First, I dry the skulls in the sun, pick off the extra flesh, fry up the brain matter, and suddenly I am sounds of the lambs. This is fucked. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to let you keep going. No, I'm going to stop myself. It's going to get really dark. That's what we're here for. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but that's your role. (laughs) I'm the one that just goes, oh, oh my God. (laughs) I was really enjoying
1: that, though. That was nice. I mean, not nice, but, like, you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I'll I'll, uh, write, like, a a spoken word poetry poem. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I'll record it. I'll send it to you privately. Wow. Yeah. I'm honored. You can make it your ringtone. caller ID (laughs) and I'll call you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm in public, and it's just like, and then I ate the brain. (laughs) I pickled it in vinegar for a few weeks, and it really (laughs) tastes...
0: I like pickles.
1: <laughs> okay, this week we chose Haunted Antique Stores. Yes! And I just couldn't stop thinking about you, Corinne, because you are, you love antiques, and also your family loves antiques, and we theorized, and have theorized in the past, that perhaps some of the ghosts you grew up with are because mm-hmm. of the antiques your family collected.
0: It's a love-hate relationship with me. And antiques Because I think growing up, because I was so fearful of all the spirits in my house, I was like, I hate antiques. Why would you ever do this? Just buy something new. Buy something that looks like an antique. And since I have aged, I am now like obsessed with it. Like old candlesticks, old pitchers. Did I just buy a crock from France that's from 1880? Yes, I did. I mean, does the clock behind your head say antiquity? Yes, it does. It literally says antiques on it. But this is from Pier 1. (laughs) No. But we don't know. There could be ghosts attached to things from Pier 1. Who knows? Yeah. I just love it. And to all the people from New England, Massachusetts area, you'll feel the sadness with me that Brimfield, which is a massive antique show that happens three times a year throughout the summer, like early summer, midsummer, Mm -hmm. late summer, all three events got canceled because of COVID. Um. It was going to be my first year going and i was devastated so now we have to focus on other antique stores and we want to hear about them that's why we're yeah. talking about antiques it's just so fascinating i mean how
1: people like possessions and then when they pass on they sometimes attach themselves to it and sometimes those antiques or those articles of clothing or furniture or memorabilia jewelry whatever it may be end up at a store and someone might take it home mm-hmm. and then the ghosts are going to the store, they're haunting the store. And then when it goes home with someone else, maybe they follow the piece and they haunt someone else. It is just so fascinating and so cool how ghosts can travel all over the freaking world. Yep. Which also makes me think like museums are basically filled with antiques, like very priceless antiques. And they are probably like the most haunted places.
0: That is so true. I, here's our our call to anyone who's, a night security guard or, or night worker at a museum, like let us know what happens. I feel like night at the museum is real. I agree, one thousand percent. Like maybe the figurines don't come to life, but in a certain sense, they do. I think because if you're a spirit, you don't have to be the artist or or the maker of what goes no. into a museum. You can just be like, la la la. Oh, I'm going to attach myself to this stone from Esther Island, right? You can, you can do what you want. Well, we don't know what you can do,
1: but I yeah, we imagine. <laughs> we imagine you can do whatever you want. If when you you're believe a
0: it, you can do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, antique stores are so fascinating. Um do, are you first? No, it's you. Oh, it's, it's me. You.
0: Okay. It's you, my dear. Thank you. My I don't know. I what? <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about antique, so I just I I brought up an old uh, turn of phrase. I just watched the um,
1: the Office episode for the thousand thousands time when they do like the murder mystery and they all have accents. I do declare, <laughs> and it's like you don't have to say that every <laughs> sentence, Michael. That's what you just reminded me of. <laughs> so I do declare that I am talking about the Twenty Second Street Antique Mall in Tucson, Arizona. Ooh, 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 ooh. located at 5302 East 22nd Street in Tucson, Arizona, is a rather large antique emporium. They've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. You want thingamabobs? They've got 20. But they really are in a surplus of ghosts. They've got more spirits than your local bar. So you can bet your butt that if you stop in and peruse the aisles, you're likely to experience something paranormal or Maybe better yet, you might take a ghost home with you because
0: that's what this podcast is. I'm picturing you writing this earlier, a few days ago, just like smiling so hard as you're writing the intro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I got that song stuck in my head after doing that. And then I was like singing it. And Nick's like, why are you singing The Little Mermaid? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know where this came from. Here I am. (laughs) uh same way
0: we don't know how, what ghosts can do we don't know how my brain works and no well i'm glad that life. that's the song that's in your head because for the past two weeks i've had chicken wing chicken wing hot dog and baloney. i don't even know what that is chilling with my homies it's just a song that loops and loops and i don't know where it came from but it, it came on tiktok and now i can't get it out of my head uh, it's tiktok there you go
1: yeah um Yeah, maybe you go and you shop at the 22nd Street Antique Mall and you see this cute, scary little clown doll and you're like, oh, that's just a cute little scary clown doll and I want to take you home. But then you get home and not only did you take home a cute little scary clown doll, which I have questions, by the way, but you also took home a ghost. What? (laughs) It's totally Kyle. That's what you said. (laughs) What? We've lost it. Um. Basically, what I'm saying is the 22nd Street Antique Mall has got some haunted antiques and some real spooky ghosts. It is self-described on Facebook as an antiques, collectibles, and furniture showroom with over 160 vendors who are coming together with ghosts. Yes, ghosts. That's verbatim what it says on their Facebook about them description. Oh, my God.
0: Love it. Own it. And
1: they own it. Show it. it. Yes. But how cool, there are 160 vendors all in this antique mall. So like, I just imagine you're walking through and it's kind of like a flea market for antiques inside
0: this, oh, this building. Dream.
1: Yeah, and the building used to be a furniture store. So it has like the main building area, which was with like the showroom for all the furniture. And then there's a two-story annex, which used to hold the offices for the, for the furniture store. But um, there are a few things that are left over from that furniture store, including a typewriter that is supposedly very haunted. And several customers and employees have heard the sound of a typewriter typing away. And every time they would go towards the sound, they would look and see that no one was standing at the keys of the typewriter and the keys were not moving. And it was very strange. And they would also report feeling very uneasy in the sta- on the stairs in that area, going up the stairs to the second floor of the annex where the typewriter sits. This is the other thing that's so fascinating about antique stores is like, there's no way to verify the ghosts right because there are so many Mm -hmm. objects and pieces of furniture and clothing and what 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 whatnot coming in and out of those doors that it could be any one of them and like sure maybe there's certain behaviors but then like one day it might be there and the
0: next day it might be gone so it's just like hard to keep track it's like it's almost is it attached to an object is it just attracted to the energy that's around did it come through with a patron and it's just like i'm just gonna sit around for a couple days and then I'll go home. Right. I don't know.
1: But my, one of my favorite things about the second 22nd street antique mall is that there is on the second floor of this annex. There are a lot of furniture vendors and every night before the employees go home, they'll make sure their furniture is like put away and like arranged like very nicely in their booth and their section. But when they come back in the mornings, All of the furniture is like completely rearranged and moved around and it's like almost as if it's been moved around into like a gathering and so as if a bunch of people have like gathered in one area to talk and have communications with each other. (gasps) So I just love this idea that all these spirits who are in the antique store and who come into the antique store are all like welcomed every night with this big soiree upstairs. And they're just having a little party.
0: They're just having a party, just a little gathering, you get-together, chit-chat with friends, maybe a game night. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh my god, they play with
1: the antique games. How fun. So fun. It would be a very exciting place to be a ghost, I think. There would be so many new friends to meet, so many things to play with. Comfortable seating. Yeah, I'm into it. As with many hauntings, electronics will turn on and off on their own. Radios will increase in volume on their own. And then when a customer or an employee will like walk towards it to try to turn it down, it already turned down on its own and then they'll turn and walk away. And then all of a sudden it turns back up. So it's like kind of ghost like playing with them, I think a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One employee who still works at the mall detailed their experience. And this is so interesting. They were saying it was a holiday season and the mall was very, very busy And they and another employee were approaching a doorway into the annex. And all of a sudden, as they were, like, getting close to the door, it felt like time froze and they got stuck in this (gasps) little moment. But they were looking through the doorway and everyone was moving at a fast forward speed and, like, moving really fast through the annex, through the doorway. and. Yet they were still frozen and they felt like they couldn't move and they were just Ooh, staring.
0: So disorienting. And it felt like hours,
1: but it had only been seconds. And they came out of it and they both kind of looked at each other and were like, what the hell was that? And still to this day, they have no idea what happened. But how cool that I mean, not cool, but at least how fortunate they were to experience it with another person.
0: Right. It makes me wonder too, is it a manipulation that a spirit puts on to someone else? Or if there's this little wrinkle, this little bubble of weird energy and time that you just accidentally step through? Yeah, I don't know. Like, does it just exist all over the place? And and people are experiencing this like every day in places. It could just be like in a randomly in the middle of a field and people are like, wow, that was, I must be dehydrated. Like what's happening? Right. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I guess it's like in a place like this, I'm just theorizing, but what if there, what if in a space where too many ghosts are congregating, something like that happens because there's just like such a weird energy field happening. And maybe in that Mm -hmm. moment, there were like four ghosts walking through that same space and they kind of got trapped in between the ghosts and this like weird force field went over them. And then it warped
0: time. That could be really interesting. I pulled that out of my butt. No, no, no. I like that (laughs) though. And you just made me think of ley lines because isn't isn't Tucson Arizona like kind of in the vicinity of a ley line? I don't know Am ley I making lines it by up? heart. I thought I thought just Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada are kind of like the general states. Wait, actually, you're right. They they are some gather in Tucson Arizona. There we go. Let's Weird see. energy. Just googled it real quick, so I don't know.
1: I think so. Wow. It's a major vortex. <gasps> See, it makes sense. Wow, solved the mystery. There we go. Now we get it. Now I know. I'll call into the Twenty Second Street Antique Store and let them know what we found out. <laughs> <laughs> Another employee was adjusting jewelry in her case when she felt something more like someone behind her, and it felt like they kind of touched her butt, and she like kind of felt weird and turned around. And instead of seeing a three-dimensional human, which she thought she would see, she saw this, like, transparent, translucent figure of a young man who winked at her and then all of a sudden, like, went poof and disappeared. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So he was just, like, flirting with her in a very inappropriate manner. Yeah. And then disappeared because as a ghost, that's what you can do. The confidence, too. The little
0: wink and, oh, man. It's very strange. I don't know. (laughs) It is. It is. You know, don't do that. Don't do that uh to the living. Yeah, just, if you're if you're a person. If you're and if you're living or ghost, just don't do it. Maybe maybe pass on that. Don't take this guy as an example yeah. of how to behave No.
1: Got to ask permission. So, while I was saying how like a lot of these ghosts are very impossible to track down or determine who they are, there is one ghost at the 22nd Street Antique Mall that they can accredit to one living human person. Well, no longer living, unfortunately. But He was an employee of the mall who owned a booth and sadly this man passed away from i believe natural causes i couldn't find too much information on how he died but before he passed away he was quite the prankster and loved playing jokes with all the other employees and it appears he still enjoys to do that in the afterlife and there are often times that employees will will like watch an object move across the table and like do little things and like disappear or be moved around in the way that this old employee of theirs or coworker of theirs used to play pranks on them. So they believe it's just him still playing around and joking with them. A vendor owner, her name is Emily Dimmick, told KOLD News that she constantly hears people talking or calling out her name, but there's never anybody there. She says radios will play on their own. Old phones that are unplugged will ring. Lights will go on and off on their own. And objects will fly off the shelves unprompted. And apparently most of the really active experiences happen around Exhibit 17, which is the vendor selling World War II memorabilia, which is like, what kind of experiences are happening there?
0: I know. But they
1: also do happen everywhere. And there are so many items coming in and so many leaving every day that there's just constant influx of spirits They'll experience a particular haunting for multiple days and nights, and then all of a sudden it will stop. And they're like, well, maybe that object was sold. But not to worry, because the next night they'll have another haunt to think about. It's just nonstop. (laughs) One of the general managers, Kathy Sevitz, has worked at the antique mall for at least 17 years. And she has experienced an array of different ghostly activities, from feeling an invisible force touching her leg or her back, to an apparition standing at the front door early in the morning. And she told this story about how one day she drove to work very early in the morning and she was, you know, there to open the shop. So she was the first one there. She starts to approach the front door and brings her keys out. And then all of a sudden she 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 sees something like go around the corner of the building and it looked like a human. And she was kind of confused. So she went to look and see, maybe it was someone who was waiting to get in. And she sees this like figure of, person and she couldn't quite tell if it was a man or a woman and they were wearing a hat and she like calls out to them and then all of a sudden they disappeared and she was so spooked by it that she got back in her car and just waited for someone else to arrive before going inside because she was just like I don't want to be in here alone the ghosts are clearly very active right now and I don't want to deal with that by myself
0: yeah yeah especially by yourself I will say the, the one benefit to it being an antique mall is during working hours if something happens in your corner, you have a lot of other uh, yeah. employees to run to for other antique shops. Mm-hmm. That is true. And um, a lot of
1: paranormal groups have gone and done investigations at the mall. Southern Arizona Ghost and Paranormal Society, which is a group of three ghost hunters, performed an overnight investigation in the mall and they posted photos to their website. Maybe we can post them on our Instagram. There are some spooky ones. It's a lot of orbs and like weird. Could be dust, but it is interesting and like, is it, are they ghosts? Did they see ghosts? A lot of other paranormal groups have experienced haunting things at the mall. At least seven other groups have investigated this space and a lot of them have experienced things upstairs. Kind of how I said in the beginning, people walking fr- on that stairway up to the second floor often feel like the most energy is there. It does seem like the annex seems to be the most haunted. There's also been a lot of activity downstairs and... Some people who had done these paranormal investigations said that they felt something standing in the back right corner of the building. And, like, multiple people, without knowing other people were saying that, felt that themselves. And they don't that's know really what it creepy. is. really creepy. Yeah. Strange. It makes me think that there's, like, one item that has just been there for the entire time that this mall has been open. And it's never sold. And it's just, like, lurking in the corner.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a good word, lurking. Because that's what it feels like. Like from the description yeah. of it. It doesn't seem like just someone hanging out. It feels kind of like a watcher, a lurker. Ooh, watcher. Uh
1: oftentimes people will hear footsteps when no one else is in the building. And all of these experiences that I've just told you are just the tip of the iceberg. There's actually a journal titled Haunted Chronicles Volume One, located at the front desk of the 22nd Antique Street 22nd Street Antique Mall. It's like at the entrance of the antique mall, and it's there for anyone, employees or visitors to write of their ghostly experiences that they have had there. And oh, I love that. I could only find three of them online, but I'll read those to you. So one customer who wrote their name as JJ said that they were approached one day by a tall, dark shadow in the back room. He was confused and asked for details about what happened to everything he once knew this dark shadow approached JJ and was like, what happened to everything I once knew?
0: Which is very sad. Oh my god. Wait, that yeah, that breaks my heart. <laughs> oh, I'm picturing him as the the old man from Up. Oh. Too. So I'm like, oh. Oh, that is heartbreaking. Mm. Another story described
1: the encounter of this woman named Jennifer who was sitting on an old couch and all of a sudden two matchbook cars suddenly rolled out and bumped into the back of her foot. So like... Two cars just drove underneath the couch and hit her. like hmm, playful children ghost children uh, the third and last story that I could find was from a man named Mario who while he was shopping in the store, received a voicemail from his dead brother who had died four months earlier. Oh <gasps> what? mm-hmm Oh my God, oh full body chills, 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 I know. So those are the only entries that I can find online. But from the way that it is described, I am I believe that there are tons and tons of stories in that Haunted Chronicles volume. And I guess the only way to find out is, Corinne, if you and I decide to make a trip and go to the 22nd Street Antique Mall one day.
0: I am so down. Like, I am down for that. That sounds, I'm I'm in for that one. <laughs> and I have this dream where you and I have this, like, bus van thing and we just for a month we go around and we just visit all of the like haunted places we wanted to see and all of the just weird bizarre like museums i and would funky love things. that i'm imagining yeah. the scooby-doo
1: van but like branded with two girls one ghost just like driving around the country it would be I, so good. we just do weird stops. The weird, <laughs> weird and wonky. But I do imagine, like, for all the antiques that we'd buy and the weird things we'd see, we would need an
0: RV. A full RV. I mean, let's just get one of those magical expandable buses, right? Or, like, we'll just yeah. get an extra trailer for our bus to tow. <laughs> <laughs> With all of our antiques. All the ghosts sit there. I like the magical stretching bus. Yeah. That's fun. And then when it gets too heavy, we'll just click the little button that says Ex- extra jets and extra then we'll fly. Fly jets wow all it right. actually sounds so fun though like it, if we ever could swing that that would be great that would be so fun i'm just oh my putting God. it i would have the manifesting best. it put that it into would the universe be so
1: fun right
0: yeah it doesn't even have to be all paranormal it can just be like the, the like strange and interesting but it will probably be pretty much paranormal a lot of it will be. And then some <gasps> what if that we tra- got abducted together? It's a group activity. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I might have to cancel. I th- <laughs> <You might. laughs> I'm not feeling well. I don't think I can go. <laughs> I
1: mean, that is the best excuse for anything right now because no one wants to be around anyone sick.
0: I know. I'll get If I'm going to get abducted, though, I would. I'll, I'll do it with you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we'd like to do things together. We'd like to... What did you choose? Well, I too am on the the West Coast for this because we are going to talk about Market Street Antiques. Mm. It is an antique shop in Spokane, Washington. But first, we're going to learn a little bit about the land to understand why there are so many spirits that possibly haunt the shop and the surrounding area. Ooh. So, Spokane, Washington. Not only is it home to Bella from Twilight, but rather, <laughs> uh, it also has oh, a bit of good. dark history. Actually, I googled because I was like, I swear it was Spokane that they like filmed Twilight or whatever, and they filmed it all over the place. But I believe her Bella's house, the out the exterior filming location, that house was for sale and possibly has been turned into a bed and breakfast i might i might have gotten years wrong and it might not be that anymore but i swear i saw that when i was searching
1: i'm pretty sure they filmed in middle of nowhere canada because i read anna kendrick's scrappy little nobody and she said that like it was she would show up all peppy and happy but she was only there for like a few days and everyone was just miserable because of how cold it was so she'd be like all
0: bouncy and fun and they'd be like vancouver has like 20 sunny days a year yeah oh tough yeah no i read that book too if anyone hasn't it's hilarious you should absolutely read it it's so good it's freaking funny you don't even need to know who she is just read it it's so good yeah she's from new england she's she's from maine hey 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 girl (laughs) (laughs) i'm not from maine but what's (laughs) that stephen king is um. All right. So we are in Spokane, Washington, and we are going to venture back to 1892. So in 1892, Spokane, the city, it started to divide, and they're like, mm, "Let's make some neighborhoods. Let's make some suburbs." And so they made the very first suburb, Hilliard, and Hilliard was just four miles down from downtown Spokane, and it was built around the Great Northern Railroad's rail yards. So a a lot of work over there was available, so people started moving. There were like 400 people within the first couple years to move over there, and it seemed great. And the land was perfect in some people's eyes, but really, this land should have been left alone. Ooh the land had been referred to as the Wild Horse Plain. And this land had belonged to Native Americans. And this land in particular was the site of so many legends, so many oral legends that were passed through tradition from Native Americans over 350 years. So there was so much history, so much just about the land in general. And I don't know all of the stories behind those tales, but it sounds like some of it was sacred and some of it was also cursed and to be avoided Ooh. but people didn't didn't take this seriously and so when wild horse plain was turned into a railroad town people started moving in and settlers discovered nearby some burial mounds with thousands of unmarked graves mm. many of which were along the Spokane River which was right nearby and then this river also attached to Lataw Creek, which was just a few miles away, closer to downtown. And Lataw Creek was also referred to as Hangman's Creek and is said oh. to be cursed and that the land is protected by Native American spirits. So just all in all, there's curses. There's, there's some ancient spirits. There's a lot going on. And perhaps maybe we shouldn't have built a town there. Hmm. Yeah. So not only is the land cursed... But Hilliard was also the site of a lot of crime. So the railway founder, James J. Hill Prohibition, actually used Hilliard to create this hub of illegal bars. So he opened just a ton of bars that were not in code or or whatever it was, Prohibition era, whatever. Um, And he also... Created a lot of businesses that were not legal at the time, like mm. houses for sex workers. It just, in general, it brought in a pretty tough crowd. And he was a man of power, and so he could kind of get away with whatever he wanted. And Hilliard was was away from the scene. It was surrounded by a, a bunch of railways and, and rail yards and just had a group of people that were making a modest living. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't too much anyone could do about how much crime was brought into that neighborhood. So the murder rate went up. There was just a lot happening. And then the railroad was also really unsafe. And by 1915, there were numerous accidents originating in Hilliard that killed many people. Then I during World War II, an aluminum plant polluted the water. Then, later, a diesel fuel and oil spill happened. Oh then there was a cult rising of spiritualists, one of whom claimed to be a pope that was there to prep people for the apocalypse. And then not only Whoa. that, but there were also four serial killers attributed to this neighborhood or associated with the neighborhood. Robert Yates, John Craven, Douglas Perry, and John Wayne Thompson. So, ugh, okay, we're saying this land is is cursed and we weren't supposed to be there to begin with. And then it seems like every freaking decade there's something horrendous happening. Jeez. So yeah, there's a lot going on there, and if you're curious even more so about Hillyard and the surrounding area in Spokane, you can check out one of the many books written by Chet Kasky, which is where I got the majority of the information I just told you. Chet is a historian and ghostologist. Hey, and writes books that really like focuses on weaving the paranormal hauntings and curses with historic events in Spokane in the Spokane area. So, Wait, he what is he, a ghostologist? Ghostologist. Is there a degree for that, or could we just ca- start I don't calling know. ourselves that? We're going to look it up. If there's a certificate program, I'm taking it. We're Me signing up. Me too.
1: <laughs> We're doing it. We'll, we'll, we'll write it off as a business expense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Our egos needed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're interested in that, go check out his books. But that's just a, a quick overview, a quick summary, a little bit of history into Hilliard. So in present day, Hilliard, this neighborhood, the suburb, the oldest suburb in the Spokane area, Hilliard is uh, somewhat not in the best of shape. It's known as being one of the more economically depressed parts of Spokane. Mm. Um, They really had a hard time picking themselves up after the rail yards closed for good back in the 1980s. And it also has one of the lowest per capita income levels in the entire state. Wow. But to juxtapose that, there are also some pockets within the neighborhood uh, that has a bit more money thrown at it. So there's a golf course, there's some well kept neighborhoods, and then there's an entire antique district that is thriving. So similar to the mall you were talking about, it's not necessarily a mall, but there's a bunch of shops all within one area, all with antiques, and it's a popular spot to go shop.
1: Wow. Which brings
0: us back to Market Street Antiques. So. Back in 1903, around the time that many of the fatal railway uh, fatalities were happening, the building that now houses Market Street Antiques, it was built. And this building is now on the National Register of Historic Buildings. And it lived kind of an artsy life and actually similar life to uh, the one that you covered. It first opened as a furniture store. So we have that in common. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it was a printing shop, and then around the 1950s, it likely changed hands again. And according to Chet, who is the one that I is the historian and and ghostologist, <laughs> there was a family at one point who actually lived in that building. And this family had at least, according to record, at least 17 children, 17 kids. I Just like want to give that woman in a round of applause. Oh my god, my pink Whitney hurts just thinking about it. Yeah, and gross. I mean, not gross. (laughs) Life is beautiful. But But painful. But, oh, God, the pain, I can't. I can't. I have a bruise from getting a shot in my arm the other day, so. (laughs) I don't, I'm going to have a hard time. Someone's going to have to put me under. Can you get anesthesia when you give birth? No. I'm not sure. You can't. Can I talk to my doctor? (laughs) Well, wait. There might, we might have to, I might have to get abducted and and use alien technology (laughs) for my birth because I don't think we're advanced enough for what I need. So. Chet believes that this family that lived in the house may have contributed to some of the hauntings, and we'll learn a little bit about why he believes so based on some of the stories that the current shop owners had. Um, But some of the family members may still be there. Cool. Cool. So the current owner of Market Street Antiques, her name is Susan Hess. She bought the shop back in 2002. And she said that immediately when she walked in, she could feel the energy. She was like, I know something's up with the shop. I just can feel it buzzing. Like, you know that there are ghosts here. You know that people are around. People are watching. And it's not necessarily bad. And she'll tell you that there are just so, so many spirits in this place. It's just packed with activity. And not only did Susan feel it, but a lot of other people can feel the energy when they walk in. And although Susan says and promises the majority of the spirits are harmless, she does have a few shoppers that she said will not come in at night. So people prefer shopping there during the day. Shoppers have claimed that when they go upstairs, because it's a two-story antique shop, when they go upstairs, sometimes they either feel like someone is... Is watching them. They feel like they're not completely alone. Or sometimes people have like legit thought that they were upstairs shopping amongst other people. They felt the energy or saw someone walk by. And only after when talking to Susan again, did they realize they were the only people in the shop. Whoa. There's also a woman who's spotted upstairs looking out the window, and it's a female spirit, and she spends so much time by the windows. So I think if you're lucky and if you're walking by and just kind of make a habit of looking up into that window, you'll likely spot her one day. Ooh, just people watching. Yes, she is. And she it's her favorite activity, and it's really important to her. So important, in fact, that when people who – there's been like a medium or a, a few people who are are more sensitive to the paranormal and communicating with spirits – who have actually been contacted by this female spirit <laughs> when in the shop and this female spirit was like hey yo let susan know that i really don't like it when the windows are blocked because i want to see oh. out the window and so now susan and her staff they make sure that they never put any cases in the way they always make sure that there's a, an easy path and that the window is unobstructed so that the spirit can can just go look out the window and hang whenever she pleases. Oh, my so gosh. So sweet. Uh, Susan, the owner, also suspects that there are ghost children playing with toys in the back part of the store, which may be one of or multiple of the 17 children who'd previously lived in this house. Did any of the children die? I'm not sure. I couldn't find record of it. But then again, we do know that spirit's... There have been plenty of cases of spirits presenting themselves Mm -hmm. in a time when they had the most fun, when they most enjoyed their life. So even if they died at age, you know, 72, they might present themselves as a 13-year-old child. So Mm -hmm. Susan believes that there are ghost children here because... At night, and this happens semi-frequently, uh, at night there seems to be activity because in the morning when Susan or her employees return to the store, they'll find toys moved around and they'll just know that there were kids playing the night before. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, and it also might be these kids that are a bit of the pranksters of Market Antique Shop as well, because things will get moved, they'll disappear altogether or, or just like for some time. And Susan actually gave an example. She was like, one day she was wearing a bracelet. She was being interviewed by actually a, one of the local news stations. And she was like, just an hour ago, I was wearing a bracelet and now it's not on my wrist. And I just know that they hit it somewhere <laughs> and it's a fun game for them. I'm going to have to go walk around the store and try to find it. Oh, such a delightful game. Only for the spirits, but probably extremely a frustrating task for someone who now has to hunt through a full shop of antiques to find their bracelet. Wait,
1: Corinne, you know what that reminds me of is the movie L'Orphina... Orfanito, or, Orfanato. Orfanato. Yeah. El Orfanato.
0: Yeah. The orphan, The, the Spanish orphan, one. The Spanish one. Did you
1: watch it? Yes, I watched it. Did we not talk about this? No. Uno, dos, tres.
0: Toca la pared. Ooh. And like so how creepy. the ghosts would hide the things and you like had to follow them and mm-hmm. yeah. God, I haven't seen it since I think the, I watched it when I was 16. I need to rewatch it. Oh, it's so good. You were. So good. Right. It was scary. Right. Very, very, Very scary. Very scary. Even if you're watching it with
1: with subtitles, it's terrifying. No, I it make I think subtitles make it better.
0: Really? Yeah, because like you you're just paying attention that much more. Like you can't check out. Yeah, so creepy. Okay, that's now on my list of movies I need to rewatch. Movies that enough time has passed that I've forgotten a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then there's one place in this antique shop that Susan doesn't really like to go. Her and her employees avoid it at all costs. And can you guess where it is? The basement. The basement. (laughs) Susan doesn't like to go into much detail. She doesn't really have much detail about like what exactly it is. She just says that whatever's down there, it doesn't really like to come out. It. And if you do go down there, it will watch you. Ah! You you know it's watching you and you don't feel right. You don't feel welcome. So you best just move quick. Try not to disturb it. Get in. Get out. Avoid at all costs.
1: Anytime you call something it.
0: It. It. Right.
1: Just so off-putting.
0: Yeah. Very, very creepy. And then this is one of the best things. And I think it's so awesome because Sabrina, you were saying that oftentimes with a huge antique store, you don't necessarily know what spirits belong to what artifacts or why they're there. Mm -hmm. But there's one case where Susan and her team, they do know. (gasps) They do? So around 2015... So this was like 13 years into Susan owning the shop. Mm -hmm. Something quite interesting happened. Susan and one of her employees, they go in one morning to open up the shop and they find in the shop a large oval photograph. And this photo had never been seen by either of them. It wasn't an item from their store. It wasn't there. No one had dropped it off. They didn't pick it up from anyone. They'd closed the shop the night before. How the F did this picture get inside of the store. They had no idea. Oh. And it was really hard to make out what the picture even was because it looked like someone had painted over the glass and then on top of the paint, it was like someone smeared a bunch of oil. It was just a mess. My gosh. And then they're like, "Okay, well, I don't really know what this is, but we understand that there's something beyond uh what we can comprehend happening here. Let's just hang on to it." So, they put it on the side, they hang on to the item. They don't put it for sale. And over the following months, so months, many, many weeks pass. And slowly over this time, the paint and the oil start to disappear. <gasps> no one's touching it. No one's cleaning it. It just starts to reveal itself once it gets more comfortable. Oh. And it reveals a photograph of a woman. And on the back of this photo is text that says, From Grandma and the Martin Girls to Bessie 4 11 Thirty-four. So it's from April 11th of 1934. Whoa. And so it was very clear to Susan and the rest of the employees that this photo was exactly where it needed to be. And they were not going to sell it. They were going to keep it there. They were going to present it. This spirit chose them. It chose to put its own photo inside the shop and hang out with them and gained their trust and began to trust them. And so... Now you can go, if you go into the shop, you can see the photo. It sits on display right next to the cash register. It's not for sale. And this spirit is just happily living exactly where they want it to be. And this is the Market Street Antiques Store in Hilliard, the neighborhood, the suburb of Spokane, Washington. So cool. I just want to go into an
1: antique store with a medium. I know. Because although I imagine that's probably like... Maybe exhausting for them just because of its Super nature. Super yeah. yeah. But I just want to know the stories of these ghosts and,
0: and the objects that they're attached to. It's so fascinating. Yeah, I know. Because it's one thing for us to, to anyone who's just a little bit sensitive to just kind of like pick up on the vibrations or like maybe see, see someone, but to have the ability to like truly communicate and understand the stories and actually hear voices and have a back and forth conversation mm-hmm. or like just open up the channel of of storytelling, that would be amazing.
1: It's so fascinating.
0: Yeah. I think only amazing if you can turn it on and off. I think it would be overwhelming and at some points a burden to have
1: mm-hmm.
0: yourself too open where suddenly all these people are coming with messages for you. Yeah,
1: I always think of earlier in this podcast journey, we had a listener email us about her friend who was a medium. And like, remember, they stayed in the, like a cottage somewhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then she yes. emailed us and was like, I'm very hesitant to talk about these things because everywhere I go, I feel like paranormal and i feel the spirits and they're always like trying to talk to me and it is so hard to turn it off like yeah she was
0: from tennessee wasn't she she was from nashville area i can't remember i
1: think she was but yeah just like it would be exhausting if you can't turn it off and yeah it's troubling i know
0: i know oh my gosh yeah well as much as we always complain that we want to be more in touch with the spirits and have all the answers maybe at times it's beneficial for us if we don't (laughs) No, I'm definitely happier being a
1: little bit closed off. Yeah. Especially because we do this podcast. Like, I think it very easily could go the other way because we're talking about the paranormal so much. I'm just glad that we're not constantly I know berated by the as as much as I love you, paranormal peeps. I'm glad they're not constantly right. in my life.
0: I feel like we've gotten a little bit better at closing ourselves off to, or just kind of desensitizing ourselves Mm -hmm. to some of the topics that we cover. Because I feel like in the beginning for the first like year and a half, we would have so many technical issues or just like generally, I feel like I saw a lot more and experienced a lot more in terms of the paranormal. And now what I experience is very benign and I feel like it's a lot less frequent.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe it's because I have a trusty cat with me.
0: I realized that it's just a woman or or someone walking with heels outside of my house, but for a minute. And I think it's only because we're talking about ghost stories. I was like, "Oh my god, is there a ghost horse outside?" Oh, it's at, like cobblestone streets and the heels. It kind of sounds <laughs> like. It's oh, like Paul Revere midnight ride. That it's possible you live in Boston. It is. Yeah, very can hill. It's haunted, haunted AF. One of the oldest areas. Have you done a ghost tour in Beacon Hill? Only a self-guided one that I took myself on, but I really want to go on the ghost and graveyards bus tour that Ooh, they do. That's I always fun. see the bus going by. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh my
1: God. Wait, next time I come to
0: visit, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. I've been wanting to for so long. They run year round. Oh, I'm that's like, so fun. What do they know that I don't know and I need to know? That would be so fun.
1: Okay. I'm so excited for this hypothetical future trip we're planning.
0: 2021. Hopefully.
1: Let's do it. Okay, I have a listener story from Jared, and it's called Haunted Furniture and Why Antique Stores Should Have an In-House Exorcist. Hey girls, I'd love to rant about how much I love the podcast, but I'll save the fangirling for another place and time. Much love, though, and I'll try to keep this as brief (laughs) as possible. All right, here it goes. I was working for a British clothing retailer that was new to the U.S., and they were spreading across New England rapidly. The company decided to promote me and relocate me temporarily to Newport, Rhode Island, where I would spend three summer months getting the new store up and on their feet. I found an apartment to stay in for the summer. The building was old. For those of you that know Newport...
0: Wait, I'm so excited because I'm going to Newport, Rhode Island in two weeks and wherever this is, I'm going to find it. That's amazing. Okay, I'll explain where it is.
1: So it's an old building. And for those of you who know Newport, it was on the corner of Church and Spring Street, across the street from Trinity Church and its small graveyard. When I first viewed the place, a few things stood out to me. One, the strange antique store in the retail space on the street level of the house. Two, the historical placard that read Borden House, established 1800-something. And three, the hairs that stood up on the back of my neck as the landlord led me through the side entrance to the second-floor apartment. Ooh! You enter into a small room and then go up a narrow staircase that curved to the right— and led to a small hallway, which was about six feet long, with a bedroom at the end, which would be my room, and another doorway that led to the rest of the apartment. The rest of the apartment included a dining room, a living room, a small kitchen, a second bedroom, and a third that was through the back hallway and secluded on the back of the house. It was furnished with pretty normal furniture, except in my room, which was decorated with a gorgeous antique bureau, vanities, and side tables. The bed frame was a large, beautiful antique with a massive headboard with an almost oriental painting on it. The landlord said that all of the furniture in the room came from the antique store below. I ignored the goosebumps and chills that scoured my body in the 70 degree June weather and agreed to take the place as I didn't have any other leads and I was pretty much desperate. All right, now on to the nitty gritty. I moved in. I unpacked my clothes, my toiletries. I added a few homey touches to make the place feel more like mine. I took my suitcases and totes and carried them to the back bedroom for storage. The room was long with an all-white metal bed with white bedding. There was a small window next to the bed, and at the end, near the door, was an old wardrobe. Upon entering the room, I got an immediate sense that I was not welcome there. A feeling that I hadn't felt in the rest of the apartment. I put my luggage down and left the room immediately, not looking back and forgetting about the feeling almost immediately. I didn't experience anything abnormal right off. The house was old and there was another apartment that was occupied on the third floor. So occasionally I heard footsteps creaking, cupboard slamming, but most typical old house stuff. But then I started having crazy dreams. A lot of falling dreams where I would wake up sweating and panting. I brushed them off. There were other dreams that I don't remember, but they weren't typically good. I had never really experienced sweating in the night before it could have been normal. However, I've not experienced dreams like that or waking up sweating since moving out of that place. Anyway, one day I had gotten home from a long day of work. I walked into my room and shut the door behind me. I should add that the doors were old and didn't have modern doorknobs, but the old curved styles with the levers that you press with your thumb that latches and unlatched from the door on the slot in the wall. As I began to pull off my tight jeans that are a struggle to remove, I heard the click of the door handle and the door swung open behind me and hit the wall. I jumped so far onto my bed, pants around my frickin' ankles, shaking. There was no one in the doorway. I nearly cried. The door Mm. opened a few times after that, with no one on the other side. Ooh. Once, my sister was visiting. I wouldn't let her sleep anywhere else but with me, because first off, I'm a wimp, and second, I didn't want her to experience something by herself. Confirming what I was beginning to believe, we were sitting on my bed watching a movie, and I began to tell her about the door and how it opened a number of times on its own. Not even five minutes after I finished the story, the freaking door unlatched itself and slowly swung open to reveal a dark hallway and no one on the other side. I'm literally getting chills as I type this. Okay, moving on. A friend and I had gone to a bar and we had stolen a ping pong ball, thinking it would be funny as drunken people do. I had set it on the bureau and never touched it again. But one day I was looking for a sweatshirt and remembered I had left a stack of luggage in the back room make my way and face the creepy feeling and start to go through my luggage when I noticed something gleaming on the floor in the sunlight. And when I looked up, what was sitting on the floor in the back room, you ask? The ping pong ball. Now, everything before had scared me, but this literally gave me chills. And this is where things start to rev up. I walked home from work late one night. I stepped up on my stoop and began to put my key in the lock when I was stopped by something that I could not see. I was completely frozen. I couldn't move. Suddenly, a feeling of dread came over me, and I did not want to go inside. I made up my mind to walk a block or two, and as I did, I felt the force release me, and I started to get back to myself. Was I just frozen in fear? Or was something trying to keep me away from danger? You know, wrong place, wrong time sort of thing? I don't know, but I think about it a lot, and it still gives me anxiety to this day. Another day, I had just gotten out of the shower and as any typical millennial enthralled with technology, I sat at the foot of my bed in a towel scrolling through Instagram. Suddenly, I felt a burning on my back between my shoulder blades. It got more intense like someone was putting a lighter closer and closer to my skin. I ran into my bathroom and looked in the mirror and there were these three scratch marks in the shape of a sideways V, like the greater sign for reference, right between my shoulder blades. Now, I grew up in a religious household, and my dad has always been a fan of the paranormal and has had his own experiences, so I called my parents, freaking out and asking them what to do. I heard my mother start praying, and my dad told me to tell whatever it was that it did not have permission to touch me or come in contact with me. I screamed at it to leave me alone and not to touch me. My anxiety dissipated, and now this is the wild part. After the scratch, I was petrified. I had to start sleeping with all the lights on and the TV on, every single light on. There was no way I would sleep without the lamps on the bedside tables on. The anxiety was crippling. One night, I dozed off to sleep watching Family Guy or something ridiculous like that, and I woke up. I was motionless. I could not move. I felt pinned to the bed, but there were no restraints. I could look around the room, and I saw the TV on, all the furniture, everything, but I still couldn't move. I looked up towards the ceiling and coming from the top point of the large headboard was a dark gray mist floating above me and slowly coming down towards me. I wanted to scream, but I couldn't move. I was helpless. I closed my eyes and said a quick prayer, and once I said the prayer, I felt a release. I sprang up on my bed and opened my eyes. The room was pitch black. No lights on. No TV. Nothing. I genuinely believe that something was brought into the house attached to the old furniture, and I do not think it liked me. So word to the wise, sage your freaking antiques or throw them away or don't. I hear that's the worst way to deal with that stuff.
0: Thanks for reading, Jared. Oh my gosh. Well, also there was an antique store below, Jared. Yeah, that doesn't help. So that definitely doesn't help. It's really interesting, just the escalation path and how it started with these dreams or like feelings of falling when asleep. And it makes me wonder... If it was the spirit kind of like testing out the waters, slowly introducing itself to Jared, or if Jared was picking up on the energy and his body was mm. essentially like reacting to it. Or was it getting stronger because it was instilling fear in him? Oh, gosh. So creepy. To wake uh. up and feel that paralysis and just be stuck there as something kind of like approaches you and it's visible to you. No, no. Absolutely not.
1: Move out. And then to add to it, like when the paralysis happened, he saw all of the lights were on as he fell asleep because that's how he fell asleep and did every night. And he sees this gray mist, which is terrifying, coming down towards him, cascading down the bed towards him. And then he closes his eyes. And when he wakes up or opens his eyes again, all of the lights, the TV and everything are off. Which is just so ominous because it's like, it you is. may have gotten rid of me, but I'm still lurking in the dark.
0: Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's that manipulation of just like, I can see you, but you can't see me. Uh, it's even more fearful. Oh God. I hate it. Oh, I just got like residual goosies. goosebumps, chills. Ooh. So dang creepy. And also I don't like how much the, the doors would just open. And especially after telling someone to be like, For the door to open, it's just kind of proving the point of even if your friend is here, even if you have company and you might be telling the story in like a good mood or or kind of like, this is a fun story to share. I'm going to make you remember that I'm here and this won't be fun for you. It's so not nice. No, so creepy. Oh my gosh. I wonder what happens in the antique store below. I wonder what sort of stories customers are. Well, you should go. Now you know the cross streets go stop by i know now i'm afraid something's full. Well, it's evil so i'm not going <laughs> but i just want okay i'll give
1: them a phone call and ask but ghosts can travel through the phone my friend corinne is coming and
0: she wants to know if the ghosts are nice or not <laughs> my fear oh. then is that ghosts will come through my phone Alrighty. righty okay this is from anthea hey pretty ladies I'm such a huge fan of your podcast, and I awkwardly catch myself snort laughing like I'm in the conversation. Also, my dog looks at me with such disappointment when that happens. Ha ha. (laughs) So my story is about my dad's antique shop. We grew up in Queenslander. I'm from Australia. Should I? No. I was like, should I read this in my Australian accent? No, I won't do that to anyone. And I won't do that to Anthea. We grew up in Queenslander in an old country-style two-story house. My dad bought it when it was 120 years old. We've had antiques through the house, so it wasn't anything weird for us. My dad owns an antique shop about 20 minutes from our house, and it's pretty popular. People call him when someone's deceased and they're selling their stuff or if they just want to part ways with items. One day, my dad went to a farm, and this man was selling some items, and one item caught my dad's eye. It was this old, beautiful mirror with swirly wooden frame details. The man was hesitant to sell it, but my dad was pretty determined to have it. The man agreed, but said that he needed to tell him the story behind it first. My dad doesn't believe in ghosts or anything in that area, but the man said that they bought the farm and that he and his wife found furniture left in the house from the previous owners. Free stuff for the win. Hmm. They had the mirror in their bedroom on the wall facing their bed. The man's wife kept waking up in the middle of the night and would say that she could see someone in the mirror. The man didn't think much of it and it continued for a few weeks. Then one night they were asleep and there was a huge bang and the mirror fell to the floor, but it (gasps) didn't smash. The wife was having a fit slash seizure in the bed and the husband didn't know what to do. The wife demanded to have the priest come into the house and see if there was any negative energy. So the priest ended up actually coming and performing an exorcism in the bedroom. Whoa. And everything seemed to be fine from then on. So my dad was polite and accepted their story, but he didn't believe them. He took the mirror and he brought it home and he told us a story. Me being the spooky nerd that I am, I was petrified that <laughs> he had brought this into our home. <laughs> and a few nights later, my dad had hung the mirror in his bedroom exactly how it was in the previous house. No. Late one night, there was a huge bang, which woke both me and my dad. And the mirror had fallen on the floor, unsmashed. I was freaked out and demanded that he get rid of the mirror, or I'd sleep outside with the dogs. Thank goodness he took <laughs> it away because I don't like the dog bed. Ha <laughs> ha. He took it to the antique store and has it hanging in the shop. And so many people will say that when they walk past. They either claim that they see someone out of the corner of their eye or they feel this really cold or uneasy feeling when they're near the hanging mirror. (sighs) He's never been able to sell it. Oh, Love your podcast so much. If you ever want to come to Australia, I can show you all the spooky haunted spots. Thank you, Anthea. Anthea,
1: your dad had to believe it to some extent in order to like get rid of it after hanging it in his bedroom.
0: Right? It's really interesting, too, that no one is buying the mirror because to an antique enthusiast or just like a home decor enthusiast, the mirror sounds absolutely beautiful. Like, oh, my yeah. God, anyone like, oh, that's all. the. It's like a real version of the anthropology mirror that everybody's been buying. Up. That's exactly what I was just thinking about. Yes. So the fact that that didn't get snatched up within like a couple hours of it being in the shop just shows how much either negative energy it has around it or how much power the mirror has to keep it where it is. Maybe it wants to be there. I'd prefer that than. Oh my god my my what? refrigerator just like made a refilling noise and it scared the shit out of oh me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my heart it skipped. Not beats. the
1: time, fridge. No, read the room read the room. I would prefer that it wants to stay in the store than it has such bad juju that people don't want to buy it because then it's like, well, at least it's like satisfied where it is not wanting to go haunt other people.
0: Yeah, I know. I hope that it's not negative intent. I hope more that it's just like there's some spirit that lives in the mirror and just really enjoys being around people and seeing things and was too bored living in a home. So it was like, put me down, like bring me somewhere else where there's more action. I'm here for the party. I'm not here to watch you alone in your room. But the first
1: home, it was a couple living in the bedroom and it freaked them out. And the wife had a seizure, which could have been unrelated. But the fact that at the same time that the mirror fell off the wall, the wife had a seizure is quite quinky dink to me. And very disturbing. Very, very terrifying. Oh, God, I have chills again. And the priest came and did an exorcism. Like That's true. They don't do that willy nilly. That's like a big no, deal. No, that's serious
0: stuff. That's a real big deal. Yeah. You're right. I was choosing to ignore that one fact because <laughs> <That> one <laughs> I wanted major, to believe it was okay. Massive fact. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I really wonder what will happen to this mirror if it will ever be passed on, you know? Anthea, can you send us a photo of it? No. Okay, well, put in the the caption a warning because I don't want to see it. I want to see it. I don't want to see the mirror part. I'll I'll look at the frame. We need to block out the mirror section because that's what scares me. Wait, no, I want to. I mean, you're not actually looking into the mirror. I don't know. There's something about. It won't show your reflection. I know, but still, for some reason, I feel like a picture of a mirror is like double exposure, double inviting whatever is there. All right. Send us two emails. We're going to be really needy right now. One
1: with the mirror scratched out in just the frame. And then the other one for me where I want to see the whole thing. Oh, God.
0: Oh, God. I'll just see none of it. Or just send one and then I'll make Sabrina edit <laughs> edit it and then send it to me.
1: That's true. That's less work for, for Anthea. Yeah. So creepy. Wow. Uh, I love antiques. I hate antiques, but I love them. They're just so fascinating yeah. and And there's also so many Etsy stores of people selling like haunted antiques specifically. I know. And on
0: Craigslist. I really hope the crock, the the utensil crock I just bought is not haunted. It's from the 1880s from France. That's so cool. How'd you find it? It just was so pretty. I've been looking for a crock like this for like two years and I was really banking on finding one at Brimfield and then I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So I went hunting on Etsy and I found one. So you could say it chose me. It chose you. We'll see. I'll I'll do some cleansing. We'll have to do some sound cleansing, maybe some some herbs, something. Put my crystals around and near it. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. We'll make sure it's not too you creepy. You have to send me photos of it when you get it. When does it arrive? I will. Uh, I kind of think it's coming on Friday. It should be coming on Friday. We'll see. I don't know because it's coming Yee. from France, so it could be like three months from now. <laughs> but. That's so exciting. I love that. Well, you guys email us. You know the drill. It doesn't have to be about antiques. It could be about anything. Anything and everything. Paranormal related. Spooky. We want to hear it. Tis the season. It's always the season in our heart. But especially now. We're going into October. So mm-hmm. you have no excuse to sit on your story. Now is the time to get on your computer, write it up, and email it to us at Two twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. We want them. All of them. Send them, please. Send them. Send them. Send them. Send them. Mm-hmm.
1: That was all just me. Wow, psycho certified. who. what was I going to say? Oh, hi. Here we are. Two girls and goes. There are so <laughs> many ways to. I just have like a major brain fart. <laughs> Where'd you go for a minute? No, I really don't. I really, really don't. But. There are so many ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can join our Facebook page or, or follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We're not great at Twitter, but we our Facebook. We're group, super
0: not great at Twitter, but great. you
1: can tweet us and we'll eventually see it. Eventually. Sometimes I like go through and I'm like, oh, this is funny and I'll retweet. But I'm not, I, I wish that's like one thing that I wish ghosts would just take over, you know?
0: I mean, there's three of us. So, yeah, with ghosts, there's three. And then there's three social media platforms. So someone needs to pull their weight. <laughs> for Twitter, which is ghost. Yeah, ghost, come on. Do your part. Come on.
1: We also have Patreon and we have merch. You can go on and support us on Patreon if you can or you can buy merch. That's also great. And also word of mouth is also fantastic.
0: Also fantastic. We love it. Also, uh even though we're entering October, which is spooky season, The holiday season is right around the corner. And just as a heads up, if anybody in your life wants merch or if you think it's a good gift to give, order it maybe now, mm -hmm. far in advance, because shipping times are unpredictable. Yes. We don't ship them. If we did, we'd hand deliver it.
1: But (laughs) (laughs) drive around the country in our little Scooby-Doo van or our magical expanding van. T-shirt guns. Yeah, it'd be so great. We wanted to say thank you to Eric Foster and, and Max Lodian at Upfire Digital. Thank you so much for editing our episodes and making us sound somewhat coherent. We're very appreciative. And
0: we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.